Attention, movie guys love movies. That's why we're at the Phoenix Film Festival. Let's do this. And we are here at the Phoenix Film Festival, everybody. Damn straight. <laughs> Not only are we here, we're all over here. There is an interpretive dance going on on the stage right now. And I just got to say, that is one of a myriad of variety acts performing on the stage during a film festival. Do you get that in many film festivals? I have not seen it. Not I saw an Elvis impersonator at the at the damn short film fest, and I haven't seen much else entertainment was. They just things. had on a woman who was playing acoustic guitar and singing with a bass player. They were fantastic, and then that went into something completely different. Right, but even before that, they had someone doing makeup on a girl on stage, and then they gave her full costume and she pranced around for 15 minutes yeah. <laughs> with props. I thought they would do a whole life cast. Is that the thing where they she just cover in plaster with straw sticking out of her nose? Right. That's entertainment. That folks. is entertainment. And, and then there was some uh, people stomping. Oh, you oh, can't uh, go dancers. Yeah, yeah, they had that that troop here clap or clomp or stomp. A tap dog. They couldn't get, could get stomped, so they okay. got, they right. got clap. 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 They got right. the clap. Well, the film festival is a really good place to get the clap. And it is. From my understanding. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the movie showcast, part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. It's just beyond everything. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour plus. We will look at all the newest releases in theaters and give our signature take as we broadcast live from the Admirals Club. No, wait. What? We are what? not at the Admirals Club. We are no. at the Phoenix Film Festival. Right. From the in the party, party pavilion. Absolutely. Right here on premises in the heart of everything. You can catch the show on iTunes and SoundCloud, and if you like to see the show, it's a video podcast, too. You can head over to YouTube or themovieguys.net and check that out. I'm Paul Preston here with Karen Volpe, Lee Caius, and our special guest joining us for the whole show. And the whole festival is movie guy and frequent contributor to themovieguys.net, Justin Bowler. Hey, Justin Bowler. Uh, I'm also known as Justin T. Bowler. Thank you very much. <laughs> J.T. Bowler? Yeah, you can call me J.T. J.T. and the Bowlers. You should start a band. I, I had one in the 60s. Or a bowling Ooh. league. Yeah. What's the T for? <laughs> the T is for trustworthy. <laughs> Tiberius. It's, it's like a boy but the scout. Thing is, I completely don't believe you. You know what? Immediately. <laughs> All of those people are applauding his name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They're psyched that you're here, Justin. The dance troupe is done. I guess juggling next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. All right. Hey, we're also being helped out here at the festival by one of the uh, people that's volunteering, Jimmy. Jimmy! Jimmy Olsen. We have our very own Jimmy Olsen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see. Now, we can, uh, we're doing a whole bunch of different things here. We are introing films. We've seen a bunch of films. We're, we've attended some Q&As. Uh, and it's a whole unique experience that we are bringing to the Phoenix Film Festival. But we don't want to stop doing what we do best. So we will be talking about this week's new releases. Just when you thought it was safe to comb your hair, mirrors attack. It's <laughs> Oculus. Also, a movie that makes up for its lack of colorful characters by adding more color to its characters, Rio 2. And remember a few weeks ago when Kevin Costner had three days to kill? You're not alone, and I'm sure I'm not alone saying, man, I really wanted to see that. But here's his new film, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny, I hope you're listening. You run this team, you're the general manager, you can fix it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Sonny. Sonny. Every year, someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good, because tomorrow I got a feeling it could be you if you don't make this deal. 
Ooh, draft wow. wheeling and dealing in the world of uh, NFL football. You oh. know, I was hoping you'd play Sonny Came Home with the Mission or whatever that song is. With the Vengeance. Vengeance. Can I, I don't know. Can I Sorry. Just, <laughs> can I just speak for everyone yes, in Cleveland as a native Clevelander? Um, we do not look forward to draft day. We have no <laughs> illusions about what it'll bring us. We're barely aware that we have a team. My favorite part about that trailer was I didn't know how I was supposed to feel about the film until the very end when it went, yeah. and then I was like, oh, oh, oh drama. it's, it's, it's oh. drama. Yes. Yeah, it's no, drama. Maybe no, even no, intense. No, you're supposed to feel about the movie. You know, they should start putting those chairs into the theaters that move when it vibrates, because when you watch the previews, you'd just be like moving around the whole time. Boom. I think I already mentioned in a previous show that I've seen this movie already, although we will preview it for everyone else in the world right. there who has not seen it. But yeah, all the loser teams are represented. No offense, Lee. The Buffalo. Browns. Buffalo, oh. the Jaguars, Ouch. and the weird part is Seattle's in the tank too, and they're about to make a huge deal. But lo and behold, probably that's how it was when it started. Yeah. Now they're the world champs. Yeah. But seriously, we have no illusions about whether Cleveland will ever have a decent football team. Mm -hmm. This is—I I can't wait to see the movie because I'm assuming, much like the Cleveland football team, it'll be really good up until the end, oh. and then it'll just Ow. and then they'll, they'll get you. They'll get they'll, the movie will get me to the one-yard line and just take a dump. <laughs> You know, or the movie will just go to the, the will go to the Super Bowl three years in a row and each time just lose. Sorry, four. Four. Oh my God, how embarrassing! All right, right now, uh, uh, an act is taking the stage, and their whole thing is we pound on stuff. <laughs> so let's see how that goes. Clap is taking the stage. Told oh. clap, ladies and gentlemen, it's clap. clap. Right. Stomp, here's clap. It's a man and a woman, and they're banging on a suitcase. Oh, and it looks man. like they have other stuff to bang on. Oh. But you know what? Points to our <laughs> Mackie's uh, sound mixer here. In, yes. that it, uh, in that it, they're really not taking over the whole show. As far as we know. As far as we know. <laughs> All right, well, let's not mess around. We have uh, three movies to that, that the rest of the country is anxiously awaiting, even though oh. we've gone to a ton of movies here. Yes. Uh, let's get to the first. Okay. Spider-Man may have met his match as he takes on his latest foe, Doc Oculus. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Sorry, I got that wrong. Oh, it's just called Oculus. Ah. Sorry. Don't know what that is, but... Uh, if it's not starring Alfred Molina, I'm not interested. Yeah, let's preview it, okay? Lee? In Oculus, if that's this movie's real name, Tim and Kylie Russell set out to solve the murder of their parents, and the daughter decides that it's a cursed mirror that is to blame for their deaths. Usually the biggest danger of a secondhand mirror is taking the Craigslist picture of it with nothing on but an open bathrobe. <laughs> you know, not since the Mangler's fluff and fold laundry machine went on a rampage killing all who would come really, really close to it, has an inanimate object stricken so much fear into the hearts of its users. Oculus looks to do for the pre-date zit check what Jaws did for swimming in the ocean. You know, this movie would be over in 10 seconds if someone just smashed the mirror or, you know, set it on fire. No, instead the grown-up daughter decides to track down the mirror and hold it accountable for the crimes blamed on the family. In therapy, we call that projection. Mm. The scary trailer is loaded with sound effects run amok. Let's take a listen. Bit. Carrie, 
designs like this time, they included Amplified, Slamming Door, and Wong Stepbrother. Oh, I love... That's my favorite. I love his work. Karen Gillian, Brent the Whites, and Rory Cochran. Those are actors who are all in Oculus. Those aren't real names. No, I've made them up. <laughs> in Oculus, yeah, that's, that's got to be a more complimentary way to uh, describe them. <laughs> Oculus is another film in the ongoing horror genre of white people's problems. In the Amityville Horror, the ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now that's a hit and a half for your ass. A ghost said, get the fuck out. I would just tip the fuck out the door. <laughs> they walked and looked in the toilet bowl. was blood in the toilet. They said, that's peculiar. <laughs> I would have been in the house and said, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. <laughs> Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that is our first movie. Oculus. Oh. oh, I missed the funny Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Oculus uh, playing here at the festival, but after we leave, we're taking off Sunday night, Monday morning. Oculus is playing after that, getting a little preview, advanced screening here before it opens on Friday. Wow, oh, wow. that's really cool. Yeah. That's a big get. The Phoenix Film big Festival get. breaking all sorts of movies. They really are, They're yeah. They're taboo smashing. Now, is this movie is in Oculus? It is, uh, it is a, the, the evil mirror. In Oculus. It's uh, an Oculus? It's mm. not Oculus. It's Oculus? You can get inoculated. From if this you, movie. Against you, this when, movie? When you love this movie, they just say you've been inoculated. <laughs> oh. Do you think that this movie is coming into theaters because it's an attempt to get um, girls who are really just hung up on their own appearance to not always be staring in the mirror oh, for young a, people? It's an anti-vanity movie. Yeah. That's a very deep, just weird, because you'd put a mirror I'm on your saying. vanity. That is very yes. mm. I, would, I would have a sequel called go, go, Vanity. Go, go. Vanity, Vanity will be the sequel to Oculus. <laughs> no, this is a horror movie, and it's from WWE Pictures. Shut up! So, somebody explain that to me because I've heard this before. Did they start with wrestling movies, and did I miss a wrestling movie? Well, WWE Pictures they produce things like The Rundown, which right, starred The Rock, the but Rock. this is like oh. from them, but in involves none of their stars. But but none of the women. Or in it. does it? Um. Hulk Hogan as the Mirror. Maybe. <laughs> Go ahead, look at me, brother. <laughs> Go ahead, look at me. Well, that's what I think. I think if you added a touch of WWE to the movie, it would get really exciting. Devon, get me. the mirror. <laughs> I'd love to see a tag team ghost. They tap out and they go and attack the family and then they tap out. Very, oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. That's a great idea. Yeah, just about Pat to pending. kill somebody. Manager runs in, messes it up. Yeah. I'd watch that. All right, well, next up in our mid-April marathon of new movies, the brightly colored animated tropical birds from the original Rio are back. Well, not so much back as still hanging out. It's Rio 2. Karen? Two. This can't be a sequel. There's no colon. Sure, we all love kids, but what about when we'd like to ignore them for several hours? It's with this problem in mind that the animated film Rio 2 was greenlit. This time the characters I'm gathering are beloved. Take it on the road to where else? Madagascar, probably, or Rio, or wherever. Here's what <laughs> happened when you spun the wheel of DreamWorks animation plots. 
When the birds that sound like Anne Hathaway finds out that there are birds that look just like her and her husband that sounds like Jesse Eisenberg, the whole family takes off for the Amazon. Ha! The Amazon. I knew it. That's where they went. And they meet a famous dog that sounds like Tracy Morgan. Ha! Tracy Morgan. I knew it. (laughs) If you're like me, when you think of golden voices, you look no further than that smooth, easy listening vocal stylings of Jesse Eisenberg. (laughs) Also featuring me as bitter actor. (laughs) Leslie Mann voices the human wife. Lee? Well, she is the perfect choice for this role. Well, her or any other actress at all. The IMDb page for Rio 2 has 62 videos on it, so if you still need to watch the entire film after all that, you must be a fan or the parent of a demanding child. Good luck, movie, but I think R-I-O's R-O-I is going to be tough to recoup. There you go. Hey. Uh, now, that was not officially what? a play on words. That was a play on letters. Yeah. It was a play on letters. I spelt it out for you. Spelt it. Spelled it. Spelled it. <laughs> Speaking of a play on letters, Will I Am is in this movie. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I don't know what the You're whole You're a big hype. fan of his, aren't I you, Paul? I am not. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a fine guy, right? But, like, he's considered this musical genius. He goes on shows and is talked about as being this great poet. Let me just read you some Will I Am lyrics. All right, we're ready. Boom, boom, pow. Yes. I've got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm going to scream and shout and let it all out. I mean, but does he repeat those over and over? Because that would be genius. All right. right. Here's yeah. the thing that's so genius about him, it's Paul. It's all innocuous. <laughs> <laughs> the it genius of know. him is that I don't listen to modern re- music on the radio. I listen to a lot of like NPR and stuff. And even those three songs, those lyrics, I could sing those for you. And I never listen to that music. Somehow it gets into my... You hear it. Oh, it's in the world. It's just out in the world. So for uh, penetration, he is doing an excellent job. He is penetrating me without me even knowing it. Stop talking, Karen. What? That's why (laughs) Paul hates Will I Am, because he's (laughs) penetrating Karen. That's right. Against her will, apparently. Without her even knowing it. Without, I I don't even know. (laughs) He's a raging liberal. I like that part. All right. So this has another... Colorful voice cast full of uh, famous names. Who just don't need to be in it, right? No, they don't need to be in it. Well, you know, we, we just went to see Muppets Most Wanted, and they've got no names doing the voices there. It's like the puppeteers do the voices. You know why, though? They didn't because have to bring in... Uh, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do need to interrupt. It just occurred to me how what? stupid it is to have famous people's voices in a kid's movie. The kids have no idea who these Absolutely people are. Not. Well, the thing that... Exactly, to, to get onto your topic and touch on what Paul said... The reason that they don't need to have famous people doing the voices of the the Muppets is because those voices are recognizable. We know who Kermit is. With this, these characters are real. We don't know who they are. We know who Jesse Eisenberg is, but we know Miss Piggy. But I couldn't tell you who the new person is doing her voice because it's a character that has a specific voice. I don't know who these real characters are, so what do I care? So you're saying that Miss Piggy is a bigger celebrity than Jesse Eisenberg. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, She's been in the business longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they had Bruno Mars, I think. That movie Epic last summer had Pitbull in it, because why not? And Beyonce. Okay, so this is starting. I think think there's going to be a Bantha attack. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right about that? (laughs) Jimmy actually got that joke. Oh, my God. Paul, don't turn around. You're going to be a (laughs) sand. The sand people. The sand people are attacking us. They scare easily, but they'll be back in greater numbers. Oh, my God. 
My friend Mike and I always did a bit with these sand people just need to clear their throat. You know, like they come up to you and go, They're actually all very gifted opera singers. Oh my god. Should we show a little of that? No, that's all right. No. No. Jimmy, do not. Jimmy, do not turn the camera. Do not. Do not. Not do it. All right, well, finally, our whirlwind <laughs> tour of, of an innocuous month of April. That's uh, Rio, by the way. Concludes, yeah, Rio 2. Go minute. see this, it or not. This music is perfect for our Rio preview. A lot did, of... Yeah. Did it sound Amazonian? Sure, it did. It did. Yeah. Sure, as far as, as far as I know what the Amazon might sound like. <laughs> Amazon! <laughs> is, you're, you're no longer waiting around to go see the big animated movie. There's one no. every other week. Yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal you know, anymore. If you didn't see this, you, know, you, you probably were still high in the Lego movie from last month. I or like whatever that movie. Else came yeah. Uh, so listen, our whirlwind tour ends with draft day. It's all oh. the excitement of, of coach mode on Madden t- 2014, uh, coupled with a bunch of phone calls in the football front office. So <laughs> get excited, Justin. Yes. Let's talk about it. Here we go. Kevin Costner plays the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Though the trailer never reveals what Betty Lost actually received that position, uh, the story follows him during one day as he makes choices that could be the difference between the Cleveland Browns having a losing record or the Cleveland Browns having a losing record with a different player. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, Justin, I think you did that wrong. Let's try this again, shall we, if we can hear anything over the maddening crowd. When I think of the Cleveland Browns, I think of... Banging on trash cans. Jungle drums? <laughs> Here's how you deliver the plot for an NFL movie. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yes. At the NFL draft, general manager Sonny Weaver has the opportunity to rebuild his team. When he trades for the number one pick, he must decide what he's willing to sacrifice on a life-changing day for a few hundred young men with NFL dreams. Huh? That was better. Yeah, that was, it, yeah, you put the stinger with the drums you, at the end. That's right. That was, that was, that was more you know impressive what, than just you've, jungle drums. You've actually given me hope that they might win a game. Here, Lee, with, just with that music. Here, Lee, you read it. <laughs> at the NFL draft, general manager Sonny Weaver has the opportunity to rebuild his team. When he trades the number one pick, he must decide what he's willing to sacrifice on a life-changing day for a few hundred young men with NFL dreams. That was absurd. That was perfect. (laughs) All right, onward. Onward and upward. Fake Moneyball is a look into the high-stakes wheeling and dealing that goes on during the day when a franchise like the Browns decides who their number one draft pick will be, based on criteria like important stuff, stamina, strength, and the ability to fake a smile for the sports page of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. (laughs) Will Kevin Costner be successful at picking his real-life fantasy team? Only draft day can tell you, as long as you can bring a suspension of disbelief that any GM can help the Browns. The trailer underlines the key to making it in the world of professional football management. Be on the phone. (laughs) Dennis Leary of Rescue Me and Sirens walks in with a burning file folder with papers. Hashtag irony. Jennifer Garner rounds out the lead cast after appearing in Dallas Buyers Club and presenting a last month Oscars, which tells me it is clearly Ben Affleck's year to watch the kids. (laughs) 
Although, honestly, if you need someone to just sit at a desk and twirl a pen in her hand, I think Jennifer Gardner is about as good a pick as you can get. The film already has ads running at this year's Super Bowl, plus Fox Sports did an interview with Garner, Leary, and Costner during the Super Bowl pregame show. So if you haven't been smothered in promotions for draft day since January, then you're watching the Golf Channel. With, with draft day and Moneyball, Hollywood's clearly fascinated with films about general managers picking the best sports players. So watch soon for John Goodman as the crazed Cleveland Cavaliers manager in Basket Case, <laughs> followed by the brutal NHL comedy you starring Kevin James. <laughs> All this and still no good foosball or, ho or air hockey movies. There you go. That's wow. hey. That's the first on-air burp on our show, I think. That was amazing. And then you we're know, 42 episodes in. I can name one free drinks here. One suspense. I can name one suspenseful air hockey game in a movie. Anyone? Um, I cannot. No. No. Bad News Bears. Oh. She plays him in air hockey, and the, if he loses, yes. he has to join the team. That's right. Oh, he that's does. That's right. Kelly. I don't know yeah. what the kid. Kelly, uh, Kelly with the dirt bike. Good call. You Thank know you. what was fun is there was Useless a lot of... trivia for a thousand hours. There was it's a, a lot guy. of uh, work and, and uh, specifics that went into that whole thing that you just did. And um, there was a lot of banging going on in the background. And what's awesome is as soon as you were done with the hard part, it stopped. Really? The stage yeah. is all the preview empty. material. Uh, had yeah, noise. had noise. And now it's perfectly now, quiet. Now that we're just Clearly shit shooting. Still. It's perfectly <laughs> quiet. Stage is empty. <laughs> Maybe when we play it back, it'll just seem like a good dramatic underscoring. Any, Perhaps. Or a bunch of drums just going off <laughs> in the background. Or a noisy <laughs> shit. And every once in a while, we say costume. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's probably just as well either you know what way. That means we're the postman. Hey -oh. Hey. Uh, like oh, I said, I already funny. saw this. America doesn't have to. Ivan Reitman, I don't know where that next great movie is in him. I'm sure he's got one, but it's been about 20 years since Dave. Yeah. So Reitman did Dave? Oh, yeah. Great film. Yeah. Great did film. he do, uh, I'm going to say it, I know it's wrong. Did he do As Good As It Gets? It was James L. Brooks. Yes. What was he? I saw Ivan Reitman in a movie. And he was really heavy, and he looked kind of bad. Are you thinking? Nope. Nope, oh, thinking. oh, you are thinking yep. of Harold Ramis. Stop talking. I am. Oh, Let I the am. man rest in peace. Sorry, I didn't mean to call a dead I guy fat. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry. But what, what was that you. sacrilege? That was the one with Seth Rogen where he plays his dad. Knocked okay. up. Knocked up. Okay. I'm sorry, Harold. I'm sorry, Harold. All right, let's talk quickly to Justin because yeah. uh, he is joining us here at the do fast to, all week. I, I'm sorry, Harold. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't spit that out quick enough. It is. You can stay. <laughs> but the, I want to ask you what we ask everyone who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? This is easy. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love you. Did you talk about that with Paul Osborne? No, no we didn't. I did not. No. No, we talked to no. Paul Osborne, the director of Favor, an official rejection earlier. And he will be will play some of the clips from the filmmakers we talked to later in the show. His favorite movie, too? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Although, I, I I think I have one step up on you and Paul, is that I actually got to play Indy in a stunt show. And I'll tell you, to be dressed like Indiana Jones and have the be beaten up a bad guy and have the you know the anthem playing, the Raiders march playing. I mean, That'd it's, be cool. It's, it's, did they give you sound effects? They did, right? Uh, I, no. Oh, no, no, no. They didn't actually give us hitting sound effects. Oh, I wish. But I'll, I'll tell you, it was it was something else. It was something else. The sound effects are completely fake and wicked awesome. <laughs> I love the punch. Yeah. That's how you punch a guy. Yeah, in real life, it's like. <laughs> yep. And then a lot of crying. Or, or, Not Indiana or, Jones. Or, That's all you get. Yeah. But, Did, um, I have a question about oh, yes. Indiana Jones because um, women find him extraordinarily hot. 
Did you feel hotter playing Indiana Jones? I did. Yeah. I, I felt more awesome in every way. Right? And on top of that, because one of the reasons why Indiana Jones is such a loved character is because he's a flawed hero. He's not perfect. The moment he typically gets cocky, he ends up getting punched in the face and he loses whatever he's holding on to. Right. So it makes him, it, all of a sudden, it makes have, being mistake, making mistakes so much cooler. Having flaws of just like, hey, I'm cool. I got these flaws. I just got the crap beat out of me. I always screw up that line when I try and quote it, too. So, Dr. Jones. It seems there is nothing you can't possess that I won't eventually own. That's not it, though. I won't take it? away. <laughs> There's nothing you can't possess that I can't eventually that that I take cannot away. take away. That I cannot uh, take away. Right. And it's yeah. possessed or have. See, I don't know this line. I it must don't be, know. You know, he's he's foreign, so he probably uses the word possess because it's a little fancy. He's French, Where's Paul yeah. Osborne? Yeah. I know. The one time you need him to come in and photobomb our show. Yeah, well, they call him Balosh. Uh oh, is he here? <laughs> no, I just. No, no, no one. No one. Come on, throw that. Thank you. I was doing the laugh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, come on. Take now. two. Well, they okay. call him Belush. Belloc. <laughs> Belloc. 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 I know that. I don't know what's happening. I love the Harrison Ford repeat because you get the Belloc. Belloc. And you also get Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Oh, he's the best. So, Karen, how's our, how are things over here? Um, <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. I like, I like Sandra Bullock. That's all I understand. I know. I know. Let's switch to talking to that because Bullock. talking about Harrison Ford, no one will know what we're talking no, about. No. Right. It, was the like an actor in it was the movies. Bullock thing. I didn't know anything about that. Jeremy but, Bullock? Harrison, you know no. who Jeremy Bullock is? No. Played Boba Fett, so there you go. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I all, stand corrected. Thank you. Full circle. Thank you. Uh, uh, I would like to chime in on this Phoenix Film Festival a little bit. We went to the opening night film, and so far it's my favorite. I've only seen a couple, a few shorts and a couple of features, but, uh, man, did I enjoy Locke. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it in one of the videos leading up to the fest to get people excited for opening night because the one ticket got you a party here, and I got you to see the Visionary Award being given away, and I got the uh, feature. Get out of here. And... Um, then, that, then we sat down to that feature directed by Stephen Knight, who we got to talk to. We'll play a little bit of our video with him as well. Uh, real cool movie. And he introduced it as experimental, which it totally was, even though it's got a yeah. big name in the, in the driver's seat, literally. Tom Hardy is your only actor in that movie on screen. Many others are in voiceover uh, on the other end of a phone call. But uh, that's it. A guy just drives through the city and his kind of life kind of unravels. And, uh, and Tom Hardy nailed it. He, he, he knew not to do too much, and he, uh, but he had the, the stones to really nail those big moments when he had to be very emotional. I enjoyed that film a lot. I thought it was brilliant. And since we're kind of revealing a little bit of the plot, it is a gimmicky movie. And you come across a lot of gimmicky movies at film festivals, and that's maybe the place for them and that those are the people who take those chances we like to, to say experimental experimental gimmicky well you know. okay i'm being <laughs> vernacular about it but um and i've seen several gimmicky movies or i'm sorry experimental movies there you go and uh this one pulls it off from beginning to end and there's a moment in the movie where you go oh wait we're not getting out of this car right? oh my god but it's not Amazing. right away right no. it's like about five six minutes into it you're like is this gonna happen Oh, this is going to happen like this. Oh, and right. the um, other actors were so good that at first you're not sure who they are because they keep calling in. And then by the end, I could have probably sketched you a photo of what all those people looked like. They were so clear to me. And I knew their locations. And I knew so much about them. 
I thought that was great acting. And I think you, you'll like our talk with him if you He's keep funny. listening to the show here, because director Stephen Knight was really cool, really practical, and yeah. kind of just a mate, British, you know, Very like, cool. like Hardy. And he called Tom Hardy the greatest actor in Britain. He yeah. said that he's the best that Britain has to offer. That's huh. what he said. That's pretty cool. I know, because, oh. I mean, we have Mr. Bean out there still. <laughs> Rowan true. Atkins, I'm sure, is available. I'm yeah. so surprised. That would have been different. Yeah, right? <laughs> I would have loved to. I would, that's the only other British guy I would watch in a <laughs> car for an hour and a half. That's what I'm is saying. Is Mr. Bean drive? Brilliant, Karen. Thank I'm, you. We're totally stealing I'm going to take it one idea. step further. I want him in the car, but I don't want him to really have a steering wheel or a dashboard because I want him to mime everything. <laughs> Mr. Bean wouldn't, Mr. Bean wouldn't get out of the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'd be amazing! But with that, with that, who is your favorite British actor? Is it Tom Hardy? Oh, Colin Firth. Oh, I love Colin yes, Firth. Yes, you are in love with him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although That's he, true. you know, he's a little older. I wouldn't put him in the exact same category. If you had to recast that with a British actor, I mean, I guess Colin Firth could have pulled that off. He I'm not recasting it. I'm just talking about who needs to do all movies. Okay, all right. There's that. <laughs> I'm could, just saying. Uh, um, am I allowed to say Kate Upton then? I mean, I know she's not British, but as long as we're just saying who we want to do all movies. <laughs> well, I'd say Ingrid Bergman. I know she's dead and all, but she's dead female. But right. uh, I I'd like to watch her for two, two, 90 minutes. <laughs> I was just saying my favorite British actor. Well, I was just going to say Tom Cruise with a British accent. Oh, oh there you Does go. Does that work too? <laughs> I'm yes. just going to. I'm going to say uh, one of the people we had on the show, Amber Michelle Davis. That's who I want to do the role. <laughs> she was one of the actresses that we interviewed yesterday. Oh, that's Good. right. I mean, yes, Amber Michelle Davis. That's who we should see. In a I didn't car know she was British. Two hours. She I, could be British. That's how good she is. She <laughs> yeah. might be. We don't even know. She's just she was talented. Yeah. I don't know if I could actually uh, sincerely answer that, Paul. I don't know enough British. I mean, uh, you know who I always enjoyed was Sir Rick. Somebody or Ever. Uh, he would go on Letterman and talk about being drunk. Richard Harris. Thank you. My God, Harris is drunk. Oh, that, <laughs> I've never seen the man act, but I love his drunk stories. Those stories of Harris, Burton, and O'Toole oh, just yes. doing just theater across and, the land, and hammered, hammered and brilliant. Yeah. It's just freaking crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. and Oliver Reed as well. Oliver. There's a book about it that i gotta, I've got to read, no pun intended, at some point. They what's, wrote, it, what's it called? I can't remember. Ah, now I, I didn't know that book yeah, existed. Yeah, no, there's a book. And uh, if Jamie were here, she'd bring it up tell us what it is. I know. Oliver Jimmy was, isn't telling us anything about it. Know. Jimmy, you know the name of that book? About Oliver <laughs> Reed like, being what? drunk? No. He's like, what? I'm sorry. Was I supposed to be listening? <laughs> there are a lot of women at this gala right now that are dressed up really nice. They've all been drinking for about two hours, and Jimmy is getting really tired of us. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's like, I need to get away from this camera. So right? I think magicians might be starting. I'm getting excited. Magicians are normally quiet, though, so that's I'm good. hoping. Unless they, unless they hear, that yeah. would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, Paul, we were going to all talk about movies we saw. I don't know if you want us to wait, because we saw, have some from the fest, too. Whoa! What did you see this week? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What did you see this week or this weekend? What did you see in the last two days? <laughs> it we feels like a week. Doesn't it feel like it's been a week? Well, I could go on about Locke, but let's move on to something else. What else you got? Um, I saw a movie that everyone has seen years ago, but I'd never seen it. I saw Cujo, and uh, her name's Dee Wallace. Dee Wallace. Wallace. She was there to speak, and it was so interesting for me because, first of all, I'm not a a big um, horror movie fan, but I love dogs, and so I'd never seen this movie because I didn't want anything bad to happen to the dog. And i got to tell you, I think the dog was cast um, poorly because I, even when he was drooling and snotting and, you know, going to eat everyone, 
I still was rooting for him. He's a Saint so Bernard. I, I always, I always no. had a problem with him being a Saint Bernard, yeah. which are kind of like dopey dogs. Yeah, and I grew poor up with, casting. I they're drunk up, too, right? They're, yeah, yep. they're, when I was a kid, this is how they will the do times, nothing to you. But the, this is how times have changed. Yeah. When I was a kid, Saint Bernards were cartoon characters that showed up with booze around their neck <laughs> to guys <laughs> stranded out in the, in, in yeah. the wilderness, in, yeah. specifically in the snow. In the snow. In the in the snow. snow. It was a, that was in a kid's cartoon. Which, which yeah. makes you wonder, did that ever happen anywhere? Why did they carry around booze? Why did they have rum? Because that's what it was. It was always rum. It There's, was to it warm you up. Yes. I think yeah. it was actually something did, that they did yeah. do did, at really? one point. At some point. I've, I've never seen an actual picture. dog with a helicopter around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> we have stranded something here. Something useful. Although I do love Karen, to your point, um, I think it's funny that with Cujo, you know, you say you wanted the dog to win. Yeah. Truthfully, final score was dog three, oh. humans won. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So the dog won. One. And it was cool because Dee Wallace said um, that she was just talking about how taxing it was an, as an actress for her to do that because she had to be in this state of panic and fear for a couple of weeks straight and it affected her body and her adrenaline glands. And to this day, she takes medicine to even out her adrenaline. And that's so interesting as an actor because you you know you're pretending in your mind that things are happening but if you're that friggin good that your body doesn't know that you're pretending i thought that was impressive yeah point of clarification though that's d wallace not the mother from good times right oh. yeah the mother I, from et the oh, mother yeah. from et yeah. so that's what i saw cujo oh and i should also mention that cujo i think was screened as part of the international horror and sci-fi film festival which is a concurrent festival going on with Phoenix Film Festival every year, right, Jimmy? Is that every year? Those two fests go on together. Jimmy doesn't know. He was Jimmy's just flirting with the girl behind. He him. was totally yeah. scoping that chick out. I Did totally you see saw that. He totally was checking Jimmy her out. Jimmy has gotten four numbers while we've been sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but so that's yeah. If you want to see tomorrow, we will see some horror shorts. We saw a few already. We saw a few already. Oh, yep. tell us the which best is, one. Which is where and, and I put this up. Like Locke was fantastic. It was experimental. It was wonderful. One of the things I love about film festivals, and once again, it's because I'm a filmmaker myself, is I appreciate the shorts. It's a very specific type of, of, of craft in order to create a short film. And we saw some that ran the gamut. Um, I thought from from great idea, you know, some maybe a little difficult to execute, to um, great idea, brilliantly executed. When you make a short film, sometimes you can't get a great actor. Sometimes you don't have the money and you have to jump around and say, okay, how can I do this with just this little bit amount of money? How can I get this effect? Do I have to throw this shot out the window? And um, we saw what I thought was just a dynamite short film. It was called Itsy Bitsy Spiders. And we actually had a chance to sit down with the uh, director um, and interview him, Lee and I did. I just thought it was dynamite. Very Tim Burton-esque, uh, as he said, a little bit of Dark City is in there as well, a little bit of Delicatessen, um, but also kind of a uh, superhero origin story, if you will. It was and good. Yeah, I, I, I flat out told the guy, there's stuff in this that, as a filmmaker, I am flat out stealing. Well, what now we have uh, it on tape, so <laughs> he'll know that you stole I it. I told it to him to his face <laughs> twice. Good. What was his name? Uh, his name was uh, Bertrand... And Pare is one of my favorite blender settings. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't have a good smoothie without a good without a good, good pare. pare. Did you make that joke when you were talking to him? No, and I oh, wanted so to. So we won't hear it again later <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get it in now. That's Here why. Here goes the great Paul Osborne, everybody. Yeah, Jumping yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. So I saw a movie called uh, Easy Breezy Life is uh, Life is a Breeze. Life's easy a breeze. breezy um, life is easy. <laughs> something like love. Waking. Where's Nick the divine. mattress? Is what. Clearly, yeah, where's it, the mattress? clearly it had a, a great a grand effect on you. Yes. <laughs> no, it was an amazingly charming movie, and I enjoyed it, but there were several things about it that, that kind of gnawed at me. 
You were just going to make a waking Ned Divine joke, and yeah. I just realized the whole movie is about finding a mattress. <laughs> or a dead guy. It's the same yeah. movie. Not, not waking someone up, but right. on the mattress. <laughs> he's on the mattress. You've got to wake him up. He's a waiter. Of course he's sleeping on a mattress. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so the movie's about a family that misplaces a mattress uh, stuffed with money. And uh, it, it's the tale of them coming together as a family, working either against or with one another to find this mattress. Um, but there were enough character flaws in this movie that, that I kind of walked away irked. Irked, yet, irked yet, you say? Irked, yet charmed. Okay. Well, that's the British way. Although it's an Irish film, <laughs> as a matter I guess. Fact, well, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it is the British way, isn't it? Irked, yet charming. <laughs> Yeah, it 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 didn't. It wasn't wholly satisfying in all because it brought up a lot of characters and a lot of situations each character had. So you kind of couldn't wrap them all up. But you know what? Then again, sometimes when, like, I saw nonstop the Liam Neeson movie, and I might have brought this up when I reviewed it. That movie, he, he, at the end, Liam Neeson just goes around and meets each character and wraps up every plot with them. Like, oh, oh I got to meet you now. Oh, I haven't talked to you yet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're at the ambulance. How you doing? Let's wrap up our thing. And now, oh, here's the girl and. You know, he just kind of makes the rounds and does all that so we can roll the credits. So it's just like the end of a, yeah, a wedding where you say goodbye to everybody? Yes, That's it is nice. exactly like that. That's nice. And you make sure you do. Right. You don't want anyone to be pissed. Right? Right. <laughs> it's important. But uh, there's lots more going on. We're going to see, again, some horror shorts. Tomorrow we're going to see uh, King of King of Lemmings? What is it? King of Herrings. King of Lemmings. <laughs> Although I want to see King of the Lemmings. That is such a Hollywood he's, title. He's I, just a guy who follows everyone everywhere. It's like we've been here three days. <laughs> I know. And yeah. we've been here we've been here like a 17 day and a half, two days. It's right. so I'm so tired. We've been here a week. I'm gonna go see uh, It never I'm, ends here. The I'm, entertainment never ends. I'm looking forward to seeing Life Inside Out. My friend Bonnie saw it today. Shout out to Bonnie oh, and Bob. Loved it. Oh, Told go. me I'm gonna love it. It's about a woman who plays guitar and she's in her forties and has a kid and they uh What time is that? Uh, tomorrow too. Except for the forties part, you can really relate. You're Thank what, like twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Very nice. But yeah, I love that. Thank you. What was that, Paul? Very, very nice. Very nice. Shut up all of you. Shut up. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, shut up. So there's lots more to see and do. Jimmy, and, stop uh, laughing. But right. with everything we've already done, uh, we have uh, covered a ton. We've got uh, indie filmmakers and a few established stars. We've talked to them all. So let's go to some of the highlights now that we were a part of at the Phoenix Film Festival. Hey, it's Paul from the Movie Guys, and we've just come from a screening of Lock, which is the opening night film here at the Phoenix Film Festival, and we're with the director, Stephen Knight. Applause for us. Because it was a great film. Thank you. Yes. And Thank you. Uh, you know, and he's already known as a great filmmaker. He's got an Oscar nomination for Eastern Promises, correct? For Dirty Pretty Things. For Dirty Pretty yeah. Things. Okay. Yeah. We also wrote Eastern Promises, so we're already fans. And this was a really cool experimental experience. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a big experiment, but I think it's it's going well. Going well. When do you? When will everyone else get to see it? Uh, April twenty fifth. It's in cinemas. I, I threatened people on our podcast mm. that. You know, you needed to get here so you could be that guy who said, I saw it before. I saw it already. Yeah, so exactly. it was up before everybody. Else. Exactly. It's a, it's a word of mouth film, really. Yeah. I've, I've liked Tom Hardy for years. Yeah. And so, uh, and so why him? I mean, there are obvious reasons because of his yeah. talent, but. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, this is a film where the, there's one actor on screen for 90 minutes, so he'd better be good. And in my opinion, he's the best we've got, we being Britain. And I think he's the best actor we've got. So I approached him, he loves theatre. And I said, this is sort of a theatre experience. And he said yes, and then we shot it. And it was uh, one of those rare experiences where the doors all flew open. You know, and you were telling the audience after the screening 
that you had 27 minute takes so it really was like oh, theater yeah, yeah, in that yeah, yeah. you were reacting and, and with the, the callers there in the car in yeah. post-production I think, right? Well the whole thing is real in the sense that you know the plan was that I say action and then we shoot the film and we shot the whole film from beginning to end twice a night for eight nights so we end up with 16 films. Um, and it's sort of trying <laughs> wow. to find a new way. Are we going to see the other six, the other fifteen? <laughs> yeah, will be coming out next year. Yeah, be like Anchorman. This is yeah, lock sixteen. This is the one that was a bit not quite so good. Yeah. I have a curious question about the ability to have a single actor on screen for the whole time, mm. basically talking. Yeah. And what I actually noticed was that his accent and the accents of all the characters mm. made it slightly more engaging. Mm. So, did you ever consider like Larry the Cable Guy or any other particular accent that might? Because well, without the British accent, I don't think it's as charming. To be yeah, honest well, with you, the, the Welsh accent is. Um, of course, it's Welsh. I mean, yeah, Welsh. Right. we just but, I assume mean, it's all British. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, the the the, the, the character's got to be working class. Yeah. It's got to be from somewhere where there is a strong accent, and most accents in Britain have got baggage for but a British audience. Do you really think that movie would go off with just an American accent or no accent at all? Don't think we haven't thought about this because Tom and I right? were saying, right, okay, we'll do lock two, which will be New York. We'll right. Do lock three. <laughs> Which is Which the UPS, he's always driving to a different it's the UPS hospital. Man. It's, the UPS it's his third man illegitimate child. Why not? <laughs> Seriously, but we were sort of semi-serious. Honey, we it saying, happened yeah, again. Twice yeah. or never. And twice or never. Twice or never. Again. I know why you're calling. <laughs> but no, we were, we were, you know, thinking, well, okay, this is a format. We could maybe do New York and maybe do wow. LA. No, but we, I don't do Because <laughs> I really think like, Larry the Cable dri Guy driving to his illegitimate child's birth would ring true for I a lot really, of Americans. I, no, but I really think the UPS thing is the <laughs> <laughs> Where he's the driver with the door open right. and he's and taking actually, the calls. I'd, speaking of that, I would like to ask a, a slightly delicate question okay. about uh, the BMW. Yes. Was there any sponsorship, anything, any only, support with that? If huh? only. I mean, when we decided to do it we approached Land Rover being a British car we thought well Ivan would drop maybe they call them lorries right trucks or lorries over. lorries yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he knows yeah, yeah. Yeah. no you reminded me I forgot <laughs> <laughs> but we we approached Land Rover and they said no for some reason so then we said to BMW would you you know give us a vehicle and they said yes and all they did was give us two vehicles one that we took the wheels off one that we shot right but and the third one you painted like the General Lee and retro around, right? retrospectively <laughs> the third one should have been given to me <laughs> <laughs> which it wasn't but you know um, looking at it again and it's some of it is sort of a loving pack shot of the interior of the BMW absolutely so we should have we should have got some sort of kickback the first five minutes is, is shot like a like a fantastic car commercial exactly. I mean, it looks so great but I really hope that you know as a consequence of this somebody like Audi or Honda will do their their next mm -hmm. commercial will be some bloke <laughs> driving, driving along on his hands free <laughs> saying the car's great but everything else is <laughs> my whole life is crap but right, yeah right. the whole yeah. Um, thing we always mention on our on our comedy show is that folks like uh, Johnny Depp make Rango because then they can make a film in their underwear yeah. right they don't yeah, have to yeah. get dressed <laughs> yeah just don't leave so the there's got to be something to one set right this, this is not even a joke after making a film in the conventional way which is what six months of your life in hell 
<laughs> which it really is and then you think well is there a way of doing this in 12 days <laughs> what, what um, if instead of six months of hell yeah 12 days of hell the house? But, but the actors i mean to be honest the actors for you know for them do i want to devote eight weeks of my life to this or do i want to devote eight days of my life yeah yeah I do have a question along those lines, though, because yeah. this struck me similar to Castaway, where somebody said, oh, that's a very brave thing for Tom Hanks to do. Mm. He has to carry this whole movie. Mm. But as an actor, and you're given a script, oh, yeah, and you're on every single page, <laughs> and it's just you, is that really a big... It's not a disadvantage. <laughs> right? No, not at all. Not at all. It's a great People thing. It's a, it's a really good thing. And, um, you know, and you're sitting down. Yeah, exactly. I'm it's, sure those things yeah, are no, <laughs> no heavy stunts. He doesn't have no, to pick no, anybody Will, up, break him over Smith, his back, no, or anything. It doesn't crash. <laughs> no kissing. Right, so if you don't know the film, it's called Lock, and it will be out later this month. But we already saw it at the Phoenix Film Fest. Yeah, yeah. And if we haven't uh, teased you enough of what the plot is, Tom Hardy the whole time. So, you know, guys, if you love Tom Hardy, and ladies, if you love Tom Hardy, <laughs> it's Tom Hardy for the entire feature film. Yeah, We're the uh, movie sorry. guys here at the uh, Phoenix Film Fest with Stephen Knight. Thanks for stopping by and giving us no, some time. Thank you. Great Fantastic. film. We look thank forward to, uh, to being a huge success. Paul Preston here from the movie guys with Dee Wallace. And of course with Lee. Thank you, Paul. So I'm always with Lee. Uh, but Dee and great, Lee. Dee and Lee. We, go. We're going to start a singing duo. Da, 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 da. How are your high kicks? <laughs> I'm out. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Kuja, believe it or not. I know. Holy hell. I had no childhood. Whatever. But you just had a great Q&A. So I want to ask you, how does it stay? It seems fresh to you every time you do it. It's been a number of years, let's just say. So what is it about that movie that makes you get up and talk about it still with such uh, excitement and passion? Yeah, yeah I, I just really love the movie and I, it was very hard, like we talked about. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but I'm just really, really proud of it and there's so many fascinating stories about how we shot it and things that people don't know that you know they're just not aware of and it's just cool to share it with everybody. I do want to say one thing real quick. You look amazing because normally oh, we put... Thank you. Don't sound so excited. No, That's what I'm saying surprise. is we, we normally put the movie guy's fashion lens on for me to kind of even me out a little bit. Oh, we don't yeah, the Vaseline, this. exactly. The gauze, yeah. filter. Yeah. But I did, <laughs> I did have a... That's uh, not nice. That's not nice at all. No, it's for me. That's why we use it because I'm a mess. But uh, I do have a very serious question. It seems so like, yes, let's, let's I, fold arms and be serious. Um, I've never really made a feature film. I've been on sets and I've done a little bit of work. But it seems to me that the movies made uh, during the, late, the early 80s and late 70s, the sets seem just to be a lot more fun. And it seems like you can see that on screen. What What's your experience between the difference of making a movie back in, say, the early 80s and today. Today they seem much more process-oriented, much more regimen, much more run like a, a well, business. everything's CGI. And yes, it is more of a, you know, the studio system really doesn't exist because all the studios have been taken over by big business. Okay. So the whole flavor of everything is different and most of the movies are special effects. The, the films in the 80s, I mean, if you redid Cujo now, it would be CGI dogs. That changes the whole yeah. feeling. Uh, you know, working with a green screen and working with a real dog are two entirely different Have you done a lot of green screen work? I've done, yeah, I've done my share. Can I see you in your green leotard? I wouldn't be in I the green leotard because then I would be a head. <laughs> 
something going on. Dude! Hey, we have to save Deanna away because she did it. I'll show a lengthy, you mine. A lengthy Q&A. I'm not going to show you mine. <laughs> she gave time to everyone who came to see the movie tonight. We're happy to get her for a few minutes. So, Dee Wallace, one of the many interesting and awesome folks we're seeing here at the Phoenix Film Fest. Good night. Thank you. I only know your first name. I'm, I'm here with Sydney. I just met him. Uh, we're friends now, really good friends. We go way back to about an hour ago at the Phoenix Film Festival. We're in the party pavilion, so there's a party going around around us. Though I have a feeling Sydney's a party all his own from what I've heard. Now, Sydney, what's your actual last name? Keen. 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 And you're in the movie Uncles, which is here at the I Phoenix am. Film Festival. So, Sydney, it's a silent film, so how does that change your approach to the script? You don't have one. Thank God, because I can't memorize, right? High five right here. <laughs> you have a script, but you don't have lines. What you have yes. is descriptions of situations. Okay. And therefore, you get those emotions in your head, okay? You know what you want to say at that point, but you describe it with your eyes and your face. Shut up. Okay, so when a camera comes close, your eyes have to tell the truth. If your eyes aren't telling the truth, you get found out. So if you're thinking, oh, I have to go shopping for groceries, that's what we see. Exactly. And I hear you had a kid in this movie, right? There's a child actor? Yeah. Well, it's a baby. Oh, wow. Well, it's a baby for about two seconds. Oh, oh okay. So they're out of the hit. I was going to ask what it was like working with a baby, but... And then we have the cop on the shalom, who's a bit older. So the director can actually talk to you while you're acting. Absolutely. That's got to be great. It's wonderful. It's a bit like the silent films. Give me more of this, give me more of that, quicker, do it faster, right. do it less, don't do it. I think that that would be really freeing because you don't have to remember everything they told you and then say your lines. But you still have to know the situation. Yes, you have to be truthful to the situation. Absolutely. Hey everybody, we're at the Phoenix Film Festival, we're at the Party Pavilion. Hello and, and thank you. <laughs> and it is, it is hopping, as a matter of fact, everybody's been drinking. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> We are joined here with our friends Charles and Chris. Charles Peterson and Chris Willembrecht, both filmmakers. Doing? Yes. Thank you very much. We Hello. actually. I'm this... so honored to be on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the movie, guys, with a guy and a gal. That's right. Of course, uh, we do the show, but we're also filmmakers, so we can talk. Uh, we can talk shop with you guys. Now, um, uh, do either of you have something that's in the festival this year? Uh, this year, I have a film called Schism. Okay. Wait. Schism? Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, it, the postcards are all over the film festival. Um, I hope it's an Arizona short, and uh, I know this is a big international film festival, yeah. but it's. I really want everybody <laughs> to see a local film. Where would you find Schism other than at the film festival? At other film festivals. Okay. <laughs> this is actually the world premiere of Schism. This is the world oh. premiere. Thank you. Oh, we got it's a scoop. We got a scoop. This we didn't is, even know it. This oh. is very exciting. This is scoop it's number never, two. never been seen before. For outside of Charles's bedroom. <laughs> and I hope you I've have a screening outside of your bedroom. I've no, heard there's been some <laughs> private screenings. <laughs> there's a lot I've of schisms going of on things. in his bedroom. Give us the logline for schism. What's it about? Uh, schism's about a guy who uh, is going through relationship issues with his girlfriend and his father, and he ends up getting in a car accident. Oh. And, and once, it's a movie in split screen, so one side of the film, he's in a coma, uh -huh. and on the other side, it's like he walked away from 
uh, the, the the accident. Gotcha. That's yeah. really clever. A that divergent tale yes. of sorts. That it's life and split. death and split right. screen. And it, it's about second chances. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, also, I, I want to touch on it real quick uh, before we let you guys go. Now, you had a film that got you in a lot of trouble. Uh, yes. Is this correct, Charles? Why yes. don't you give us a brief synopsis and uh, tell us what happened? The film was called Sex and Violence. It starred, again, Patrick Adam and Carrie Fee. Uh, it's about a movie about a married couple who can only have sex after seeing violent images, going to crime scenes, and Patrick's character says, hey, I want to make love to you. I want to make true love to you. And the story develops uh, there, but we, we took it to another Arizona film festival called Cave Creek Film Festival. They no longer run it because of this incident, but it, <laughs> but it got banned there. And, Congratulations! And Suzanne Johnson, who's running the film festival, fought for the movie. I gotta tell this quick story, and I'm not putting anyone down. She fought for the movie. Uh, one of the directors was the director uh, who's judging the film, who fought for the film, yeah. was a, is the president of the Sedona Film Festival. Oh. And he said, submit it to my film festival, we won't have a problem. The next thing I know, I get a rejection letter. <laughs> That's horrible, All thank right. you. Well, you get sexy for film festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Too sexy for film festivals. <laughs> Hello there, Interwebs. We are the Movie Guys. I'm Lee Kais, along with Justin Bowler and Karen Boom. Volpe. We have a very special guest with us here right now, Mr. Paul Osborne. Hi. Hi, Mom. You may know him as a Phoenix Film Festival darling. He has twice won the best screenplay here, correct? Yes, correct. And for what movies were those? For 10 Till Noon in 2006 and for Favor in 2013. Wonderful. And so we want to actually, before we get into those two, I do want to talk to you about what is, it, what is it like, because one of your most, I think one of your most notable films is Official Rejection. Yes, I cannot escape the shadow of that film. <laughs> is it a shadow or is it a little shining light that follows you everywhere? It's a beacon. It's a beacon. It's a beacon. You know what? It's been really great. Like the film, I just found out it's playing April 16th at a benefit for the Hill Country Film Festival. So we're actually, it's five years of playing festivals. That's, that's Which is really an incredibly good. long run. And yeah, and, and Zach Forsman, who directed Down in Danger, was like, you should really get that, like you should reissue the film. And I'm like, well, they have to go and upgrade it to HD. And <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to, I have to go in and do a George Lucas version of it because right, right. it's so out of old now that there's people sending in VHS screeners and once in right. like, So I got to go like, you know, digitally insert, make, digitally oh, make right. it a DVD, and then <laughs> turn, digitally put turn like, them into walkie-talkies. I'm gonna put, <laughs> I'm gonna make Han shoot first. Okay. I think is really what I gotta do to it. Now before can we get too far, can you digitally please put some pants on Lord Coffin? <laughs> no, but I can enlarge. That's things. where I saw that. I, I can digitally enhance Lloyd. No, before we get too far down that line, I just want to recap, set the table for everyone. Official Rejection is a documentary that you made about what it's like to try to get accepted and what the process is for entering your film into an independent film festival. Yes. So my question directly to you is, what's it like to have made a film like that and then continue to submit to film festivals? Right. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a funny experiment, actually, because some festivals are really like, you're the enemy. <laughs> Absolutely. But some festivals are like, you know, you're right. Like, we had, you know, we had three... Could you list your enemies, please? <laughs> right into the camera. You, Thank you. Watch official rejection and <laughs> see my enemies. Newport Beach loves it. In close-up. <laughs> um, it's funny, um, like some festivals really embrace it. I mean, I've been three features, and that's the one that's been the most embraced by festivals. It's playing for five years at festivals. It's crazy. Right. Right. So I think it's because they're afraid that there will be another official rejection or official rejection <laughs> to, to, to oh, electric boogaloo. Two, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think I think it by saying, you know what, you're right, and then putting us in the festival, it absolves them of any crime. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's basically, like yeah. Jesus. See, we agree with this guy. We're not like it's, that. Yeah. It's the Jesus forgave me with, approach. Which, 
which, which was the ultimate for Newport Beach. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Newport, Watch the movie and you'll Newport know what we're talking Beach about. Newport Beach rejected the film. Uh, yeah. They rejected the official rejection. Officially? Like, you, come Officially. Off like, you come off like a rose. Like, exactly. You, whatever. Um, so but this, I have a question for Justin, actually. Sure. So, Justin, you've seen official rejection. Absolutely. And gave I us loved a it. Yeah. Thank you. You gave us a wonderful review. I think we put your your quote on some stuff, actually. <laughs> oh, um, hey, my quotes are out there. But in the movie, we show the Phoenix Film Festival as the example of what a festival should be. Right. right. And now you're here for yeah. the first time. I Right. First time? Yeah, yeah, it is the first time. So is it here. weird seeing all the stuff from the movie in real life? Uh, and yes. the guys? Because <laughs> Jason true. and Greg look exactly the same. <laughs> it's it's weird to finally have you here, to have, to have been watching watching all of those people and then finally meet you and, you know, hearing your voice and now actually speaking to you. All right. It, it is a little surreal. And also on top of that, this is the first time you and I have met face to face. That's right. So again, because let me you've been it. a part of the, the movie guys for so often. So I had literally yeah. told them at one point, I'm like, can someone please introduce me to Paul <laughs> for crying out loud? I've been, I've been avoiding you for years. <laughs> so this year, you don't have anything in, in competition here. No, but you know, this is my favorite festival. I come here every year, whether I have a film or not. Gotcha. And the guys here are very kind. They hooked me up with the pass. Um, but technically, I am here promoting something. I'm here because well, my movie Favor comes out on video on demand April 22nd. Great. It, nice. played, here, it played here last year and won the best screenplay award. So simply by telling you this, I can now write this entire trip off. There you <laughs> go. go. Perfect. IRS, you heard it here first. All those receipts, the yeah. donkey show receipt and the strip club receipts, yeah. all necessary. But that doesn't count. Postcards. Sorry, that's actually a question I was wanting to get to is is the promotion is of where the do we festival. find the donkey show? It's, it's I really want to see the donkey in, show. Here in Phoenix. I was wondering where Paul Preston was last pesos? night. Research. <laughs> Research. Yeah. No, Scottsdale's known for its donkey shows. But being here without a movie in in competition and uh, still coming here to promote a movie just talk a little bit about the value of being in the room or at a festival because we meet a lot of people here yeah. this past three days who have come over to the Movie Guys Pitcher's Mound. By the way, if you're here in the Phoenix Film Festival area, sit down to the Pitcher's Mound and pitch us your movie and let us know what you're doing. Um, there's a lot of stories here. A lot of people so are trying to get things made. There's a lot of people that like to talk yeah, so to I was curious me about, about that, things. About the, about the value of coming to a film festival, even if you don't have one in competition, and the people you meet and the connections you can possibly make. Well, the networking is always valuable, and it depends on the festival, of course, but this one's kind of... The, the cat got out of the bag a couple of years ago about this festival. So now a lot of filmmakers come here that don't have movies, mm -hmm. that don't have movies, have had movies here previously, or don't have movies here yet and right. want to in the future. And there's a lot of networking that happens here. Last year, a film called Lonely Boy played here. Okay. And the producer of that film and I are now working on a new film together. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, like, different people connect here. And, like, uh, and, you know, Zach Forsman from Down and Dangerous, which played last year, is here. And so is this actor John T. Wood. They're here oh, this wow. year just, just visiting the festival and, and enjoying it. So it's kind of becoming like the place to hobnob yeah. for this certain clique of indie. Like Gary King from Joe Sherman Song is here. And oh. it's a whole bunch of us just came down this year to sort of be and collect and connect. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's pretty good. One of the biggest questions I have, though, about the festival, maybe you can. Um pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, oh why do they call it the Phoenix Ooh. Film Festival when we're in Scottsdale? Scottsdale. Yeah. Well, Scottsdale is suburban Phoenix. Okay. And the Scottsdale Film Festival... I thought I had uncovered <laughs> some big... Uh, <laughs> well, I had to tell... I'm going to get burned for this, man. Yes, I'm gonna get tell us, Paul. We can but here's the secret. We, we, we won't tell anyone. Scottsdale. It's just us and all just of the us. people watching. <laughs> yeah. It's just What's us and the internets. They don't get the internets in India. This is, no, this is the, I get the email. Same as Jason Carney, the festival director sees this, you're no longer invited. <laughs> <laughs> Scottsdale is known as the swinger capital of America. What? Oh, there we go. Let's throw this our keys This explains a lot, Justin. Table. This explains a lot. It yes. does explain yes. a lot. It does. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It is. A, it's a swing. And I didn't realize As this. in two swing? 
as into <laughs> if you watch The Bachelor, a lot is always at least one or two contestants from Scottsdale. Shut up. You're right. Oh, Get out of here. You are correct. I thought that's just because they had the free time to go on a TV show. <laughs> I didn't realize. No, I like Phoenix. I like Scottsdale. And I like to shoot a movie here one this day. Town. I do want to say I really enjoy it, but it is true. So I don't know if. It's just that it's a suburb and they want it to represent the larger area, which is a marketing idea. Or if it, I think it started actually started in Phoenix oh, proper okay. and moved to Scottsdale. And well, the Harkin, enough about that. Let's get back to the swingers. And the right, Harkins right. Theater chain has been amazing providing the theater, which has allowed the festival to stay all in one spot. Which, which we is, appreciate. Which is oh absolutely convenient. Which is what, the only festival that I know that does this. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it makes it, it just takes it and goes... Yep. Here, all of your movies. Hey, my next movie is in this theater. Now it's in this well, theater. Well, because everybody right. can get door. to That's the movie. So well, and also, the ticket office, the party pavilion, the yeah. host hotel is only a mile away. There's a shuttle running between everything. Yeah. You really, you can, I mean, you're never disconnected from the festival. Yeah. You're never wasting your time traveling around. Like, I gotta there go is one thing that that makes it very easy for, and that's drinking. So oh, yes. I feel that this is a festival where a majority of the people that come by our booth uh, have they take the trolley so they can just drink their faces off and they have a good time. I do want to clarify, though, that Scottsdale and maybe the greater Phoenix area does not have an open container law, despite what Jeff the bus driver has to say to us. A small story that Justin and I encountered on the way over, because it's bike week here. In it biker, it's oh. biker week. They have Eight a film the, festival yeah. the same week as they have biker week. It's going to be a rumble, man. You have, you, you, the entire bar is either full with movie nerds or guys decked in leather or both. head to toe. Or both. <laughs> and, and the best is it's at 8, like the party people are like, everybody's out party till 3, 4 in the morning. Yeah. All the filmmakers, 8 in the morning. Yes, yeah, yeah. Boom, yeah. hogs galore. But I, I do think that the uh, the bikers like to go to the Twisted Kilt or whatever. The way Tilted, Tilted Kilt. Kilt. Tilted Kilt. Oh. We like to go there, too. Yeah. Yeah. That is the, not family friendly. That no. is it's very eyeball males friendly. Enjoy going there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those people on the East Coast don't have that. They only have Hooters. This no. is better than Hooters. Mm. I was walking through the lobby of the hotel about a half an hour ago, and this biker kind of stumbles out of nowhere. Right? And goes, what happened to you? And I go, what? And he goes, where's the ice machine, man? Bullshit, man. Where's the ice machine? I'm like, where's the ice machine? Oh, I don't know. Man, bastard. And he walks off. <laughs> this is your fault. This I, is absolutely I'd fault. like to apologize for my behavior that night. <laughs> I'm glad he got your name right, though. I'm glad you shamed. <laughs> You're back. Hey, it's Paul with the Movie Guys. We are now here with Stephen Sherwood, who has made a short that has made it into the festival. First question, I don't know anything about this. This is a cool interview because I don't know the guy, I don't know the short, anything like that. Is this into the uh, Sci-Fi and Horror Fest or the Phoenix Film Fest proper? Sci-Fi and Horror Fest. Excellent. Cool. We saw, we, we're introducing some of the horror shorts tomorrow, which would be pretty cool. So tell me about your short. The short is called Passing. It's science fiction. It's a little bit like a uh, Twilight Zone episode. It's about 26 minutes. Yeah, this is its ninth festival, and it's already garnered four awards. Now, I've heard horror shorts are good to make because you can sell a feat. Well, the shorts are good because you can sell them. You can sell a horror feature. How, how, what, do you, what do you see for the future of your film in the sci-fi market? Well, with sci-fi, you can set it up as a, a possible lead into a feature or a webisode series. Uh, but mainly, you're doing shorts to get your reputation up and get your IMDb credits because that's the new resume. Yeah. So some somewhere down the line, a sh uh, feature for you, hopefully. Uh, right now, I'm trying to get funding for a million-dollar feature that I've written. Nice. How many shorts have you made? Uh, three so far. All have gotten into festivals. Oh, so you've got a decent IMDb resume to yep. to, to go and make that pitch. Here's something I noticed about Arizona, because we're from Los Angeles. The terrain looks like Mars. So do you just go out in the desert and shoot a movie, a sci-fi movie that takes place on Mars? Well, I'm actually from Atlanta. Oh, okay. So I flew in for the festival. 
Um, passing we made almost entirely in one woman's house. And that's, I actually teach a, a bi-weekly screenwriting workshop in Atlanta. Oh, nice. Um, it's burgeoning. I like the, I just want to use that word. Atlanta's Isn't it? That Atlanta huge. is burgeoning. Uh, Pinewood just opened their first U.S. studios in Atlanta. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so it's time we get some tax incentives going in Los Angeles. Do you come on, comparing it to Twilight Zone, do you come on like Rod Serling and get everyone ready for what they're going to see? The tale I thought about it, but... Passing that you're about to see. It no, it's, it's... Imagine if you will. Yes, there you go. <laughs> well, you got the voice. You get on there and do the Serling bit. Make a whole brand for yourself. Hey, everybody. It's Karen and Lee here with the Movie Guys. We're here at the Movie Guys Pictures Mound. And we are talking to Julie from 45 RPMs, right? Ah, yeah. Good to be here. Are you f- no, right. wait. That sounds like a band. That's not Julie from 45 RPMs. She's got... <laughs> She's got such a cool haircut. She has a she, movie called 45 She RPM. looks like she'd be a bass player in a band. So. Right? Oh, I, if only I could play bass. That'd right? be so you awesome. Right, you could be slapping to bass. Yeah. yeah. I think they say beat that dog. That's how you call it. Beat the dog. Beat now, the I, dogs when you play the bass. <laughs> Karen? Never heard of that. Never I just heard, heard of okay. slapping to bass. Right. Yeah, see? I'm getting right from off off camera. I'm the confirmation. Producer, it's yeah, a producer, producer giving you the eyeball. <laughs> but we are here at um, the Phoenix Film Festival in the Party Pavilion, which is a really good time. And... We're very lucky right now because they're putting on some sort of kabuki makeup, so it's nice and chill. And very quiet. And very quiet. So you can tell us all about your movie. Now, Julie, you're here at the festival. Is your movie, uh, has it played yet or is it playing? What's the deal? Uh, yeah, my feature film is one of the um, films that are in competition. So Congratulations. Yeah, cool, right? Oh, well yeah. done. Yeah, movie I guys applause for that. That might be the first film uh, person in contention that we First had. feature in contention yeah. in the pitcher's mound. In the so. pitcher's mound. Ooh, strike so. one. Or, no, I'm <laughs> no, not sure not how that strike. works. Not strike. No, that's home, run. home run. Home run. Well, you don't pitch a home run. I don't God, well. I need to watch more sports. <laughs> Jesus. That's uh, embarrassing. Julie, so tell us a little bit about your movie, and then we'll pick on you. Sure. Okay. Uh, I made a I made a narrative feature called 45 RPM, uh, which is not uh, about a band. It's specifically about a lot of music. Uh, basically, it's a road movie about an artist and an obsessive record collector that goes searching for a record from the 1960s. So they're scouring the South trying to find a record recorded there years ago. Is that because people don't know what records are anymore? I've met so many people that don't really know much about records. I well, met- you're what? You're like... 12, 13? She's How old like, are you? She does, her I'm parents, 31. Her parents had to tell her. Okay, we'll edit days. that out. <laughs> yeah, we'll never edit never tell out. your age on, on no. camera. Yeah. When, whenever I uh, saw the, the little necklace, because she has the necklace for, for those of you out there who are over 45, you will recognize that that's the little guy that goes in the inside of your 45. The 45 so adapter. The adapter, so you can put it on your turntable, which is normally for 33, right? 33, yeah. There's 33 and a half, there's 45s, and then seven, 78s have like the... I love, yeah. I love She's how the how professional. <laughs> exactly. But I'm explaining... How long have I been on the planet? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, if you looked at that, I would think kids nowadays will think that's some sort of satanic cult symbol. It does look like a bat logo or a Superman logo. Yeah. Someone was Check like throwing star. They were like throwing star? Throwing yeah, there star. we go. I was like, records? Like, record movie? When <laughs> I was a kid, I always thought that looked like the Superman logo. The 35 insert? Oh, yeah. Kind of oh. looked like a Superman logo. Well, I love the fact, going back to your actual movie. <laughs> I love the fact that you are making a movie about something that um, people have seen movies about road movies and that kind of thing. But I love the fact that you're in 
bringing in the idea of someone having to go back looking for a record. Exactly. And it's um, the tagline for the film is Long Road to Lost Music. And so it's the idea that like if you, if someone didn't love this music enough to like upgrade it to like tape and CD and MP3, it's trapped on that record. You're right. And you have to like find the physical record. You can't just download it on iTunes. And so I wanted to create this world and these characters that they have to go find this record for their own various reasons. And um, it's been it's a fun it's a fun adventure. And now if we don't get to see it at the festival or if someone's missed it, where can they see it in the future? Um, so we're playing the Phoenix Film Festival. We're also playing the Kansas City Film Festival next week. Um, we're Again, we're still doing our festival tour, um, but hopefully soon-ish we're in talks to do a digital um, digital distribution, so hopefully it'll be... Oh, congratulations. You know, we're, we're hoping for like a summer release because it's a summer movie, so you know, fingers crossed. Please tell us when that happens so Absolutely. that we can tell people and send the word out too because we're always trying to encourage the uh, our people that watch our show to go and support all these indie films because that's where a lot of this really great the, I believe theater, I almost said, a movie is about relationships and where things don't actually blow up all the time. <laughs> Nothing blows up in my movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Except for music. Except for love music. and hope. Right? Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Movie Guys. Right now, we're at the Phoenix Film Festival. Of course, we're doing our pictures mound. We're sitting down with another uh, writer, another writer <laughs> director, uh, filmmaker here at the Phoenix Film Festival, Ken Miller. Woo! Hello, everybody. Movie Guys, thank you. Ken's kind of a special case because he's got a film here uh, called Dust Jacket, uh, which is in the uh, sci-fi horror competition. That's right. And but it's also been here before as a part of the Phoenix Film Festival. Is that correct? Allowed to do that? You allowed to do that, Ken? Double dipping? Yeah, that's exactly. Whenever I can. (laughs) Whenever I can. Uh, How long ago was it? uh, Was Dust Jacket here? I was kicked out of bed for double dipping. But you go ahead with your story. I've suggested it to my wife several times, and she's not. Not not a fan. Well, get her to watch Dust Jacket. (laughs) No, uh, it was here at the last year's Phoenix Film Festival. Okay. And then since the International Horror and Sci-Fi Festival runs like as a sister festival, right. I said, well, I'll enter into that. And it got into this one. So I'm, I'm back again. All right. Fun. You're on the pitcher's mound. You can say whatever you want. We're going to give you one minute. Go for it. What do you got? Make okay. it happen. My only complaint that I've had in my film festival run. No, 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 no. Not complaints. Well, no, the pitcher's mound's the not pitcher's for complaints. It's, it's, it's a gripe. There's it's no complaining in baseball. No complaint. <laughs> oh, we're in baseball now? No, it's the pitcher's mound. Okay. No. Please continue. No, it's just, it's just there seems to be a lot of comedy horror and I'm old school straight horror yeah, as you know yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. the short absolutely and what I've noticed is is like there's you know I don't want to you know urinate on anybody's parade right. I know people like different things but I like Exorcist I like you know Paranormal straight Activity up. the straight you know the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know I, I appreciate that some people like the humor and stuff because maybe it doesn't make it so scary. Right. But it's like a lot of times I go in these festivals and mine is the only true horror. Everything Yours is else the only is seriously. Is, yes. Yeah. Intense. Everything else is giggle, giggle, laugh, laugh. Yeah. And you know. That's do you my end only. up getting some unintentional laughs in your movie because of that? Because I, I, I get the say, sense you did. You did. I saw a screen. Yeah, you yeah, did get yeah. unintentional laughs. Yeah. Off the soundtrack alone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I get the sense <laughs> the John that, people, that people are so conditioned for quirky things and spooky movies to to be intentionally funny. Ah, good point. Yeah. And we don't we don't know what to do when we get a serious horror movie like yours sometimes, and we get get the intentional guffaw, snicker, yeah, yes, as I yes. say, the, the chuckle. You know, I can't I can't reveal too much because it's a short. But there's there's one scene in particular that it just seems like everybody likes. I know one point that actually made me laugh specifically, and okay. I it it felt intent well within yeah. your genre, but yes. also it, it did feel intentional to me. And it's a moment where someone passes in front of a window, you see their <laughs> yeah, shadow, yes. and at that exact moment, yes. you get that yeah. 80s synthesized wow, wow. Yeah. just That's as right. they pass by. Exactly. You know, the impending doom is certainly there. Yes. But it could be, you could absolutely be right, but it might just be because we're conditioned. 
That's right. You That's are what I'm going with. Hey, welcome everybody. We're back at the Phoenix Film Festival. We're the movie guys. I'm Justin Bowler. I'm Lee Kais. And we are here with filmmaker Bertrand Perret. It's Is a movie correct? guy sandwich. Well done. <laughs> fantastic. He has a fantastic short film. In all honesty, it's the best film that I've seen yet here at the festival. It is called... Itsy Bitsy Spiders. Itsy Bitsy Spiders, or as Lee has been referring to it as... The Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I made the Spider-Man movie. Okay, why don't you tell us about the Spider-Man movie real quick for anybody who doesn't know what it is. Uh, it's a short film, 12 minutes. It's very much in a sort of Twilight Zone vein. It's about a kid that can't stop drawing spiders. And it turns out that it's kind of a superpower. I don't want to spoil it, right? but it's definitely... There's a twist. There's a twist. A juicy twist. I'm going to ask the question that everybody is already wondering. Uh-huh. The sequel will be... Down a drain? Uh, yes. <laughs> Up the water spout, I Up think, the water is what it is. Okay. <laughs> Up the water spout. <laughs> His wife just told me a funny story. Real quick. Oh, he's yeah. married? Get he, that he's out married. <laughs> on this and you married a girl you went to high school with, right? Yes, yes, I did, but we didn't She's know still each in other. High school. Look at her. Yeah. You didn't know her in high school, and what was she in high school, and what were you? Well, I was a film nerd. Okay. And she, she was. was a hot cheerleader. Uh huh. And our two worlds didn't really intersect all that much, but we figured out for a whole year. Go back to her. We were. <laughs> she doesn't want to be on camera. <laughs> for a whole Which is year. Strange. When you're that pretty, you should be on camera. Uh, That's why I want to be on it. <laughs> uh, literally, for a whole year, our lockers were across from each other. And we didn't know each other. Okay, Aww. this story gets even better, Lee. You don't know this. This is what I heard. So, the ex-boyfriend. Oh, that of, guy was an asshole. Of his wife was Mr. Jock, as I recall, is what she was telling me. And now he does what? And you're gonna love this. This is so bad. So he's her sells high school boyfriend. Sells who was cosmetics. Mr. Jock is our gardener. <laughs> It's basically the plot to Back oh to the God. Future. Isn't that the no, it's the plot oh to Back. It's God. Biff. It's Biff. How Whoa. often do you have sex with the drapes open? <laughs> <laughs> I would just like, <laughs> just like, just like. Huh? What's his name? See this? You're not getting any of this. What's, what's his, his name? His name? Steve. It's uh, Steve? Chip. Earl. Biff. <laughs> I, I can't. She's okay. like, like, don't, don't say like, the name. When, At least leave the name out of it. Somebody to call him Chump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biff. Oh. It's Biff. <laughs> Is it Tuesday night? He's mowing the lawn. Here. <laughs> open those windows. Kick open those windows. Let's uh, give him a show. That is brilliant. Uh, How yeah, does he exactly. show up every day? I would. Right. You would not be on my route. Right. There's no, there's yeah, like, right. I would reevaluate every choice I've ever made in life if that happened to me. That, yeah. God. This, I'm, I'm telling you, everything about you thus far, you are a fascinating story. Fascinating filmmaker. Fascinating oh, past with your wife. It's fantastic. And there you have all the people we talked to at the fest, and we'll, be, we'll still be talking to more to see if we can't get what, who else we talked to after today posted on the website as well so we can get more uh, indie filmmaker or celebrity filmmaker interviews to inspire you guys out there. And uh, But just because we're here doesn't mean that celebrities are dying. That's right. So you know what's not happening. So you know what they are doing? <laughs> Celebrating birthdays. Aww. And that means since we're having birthdays, Karen is here to talk about them. Karen... Let's just get going with our birthday week by wishing a very happy birthday to the very, well, you know, Kristen Stewart, who turns <laughs> 23, but can play anywhere from unaffected to uninterested. Quick, everybody, please tell me your favorite Kristen Stewart movie. Go. Panic Room. There uh, is. On there Golden is. Pond. I abstain. <laughs> Eggs. 
Exactly. <laughs> Next, let's move on to wish a happy birthday to Jackie Chan. Hey. Hey. Who turns 59 but can play anywhere from Japanese to Chinese. He's versatile. Oh. He's very versatile. Now, here's a fun little game. I am going to go one at a time. Paul, I'll start with you since you're our main movie guy. And I would like you to name a body part that Jackie Chan has broken. Oh. All right, Paul, what do you think he's broken? I know for a fact that he broke his skull. You his are skull. correct. He fell out of a tree and put a hole in it. Yep. Whoa. And Project Justin. A, I, think. Uh, I believe he broke his foot, um, and you see it in Rumble in the Bronx in the outtakes. Very good. Very close. Ankle. Ankle. Ankle, okay. yes. Okay. Lee. Judges will take that out. Uh, everything else. You're <laughs> absolutely correct. <laughs> he broke all of his fingers. Oh my He's God. broken his nose three times and both cheekbones. Oh. Whoa. Specifically on top of other limbs and legs and whatnot. Ah, poor Jackie Chan. But I do love the Jackie Chan. I love the com combination of doing what martial arts. What we need is a super cop. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what we need is a super cop. Oh, That's Sorry, awesome. I can't believe you had that. Uh, I do love his comedy, and I love the fact that he is doing his own stunts. So I guess that's what happens when you're a funny guy who's doing your own stunts. You break a lot of stuff. And more power to him because he's entertained us all. Absolutely. And lastly, let's wish a happy birthday to one of my favorite actors. Not at all, really. Russell Crowe, who turns 49. Wow. But he can play anywhere from a grumpy alpha male who is a captain of a ship to a grumpy alpha male who builds a ship. I'm sorry, 49? Yes. Yeah, 40, that's, that's not a typo? They said 49. Tell him to take a nap. I know. He looks <laughs> terrible. Oh my gosh. He does look like he's been up all night. <laughs> he looks They're like he's called been up all year. <laughs> Multivitamins. Oh my gosh, oh my 49? God. In his defense, Noah was 940. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they cast it properly then. Now, Paul, you saw him in Noah. How do you think he did? How was he in it? Yes. Was he good at, at, at doing whatever that was? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I, he's, he hasn't been... He's, when he's miscast, you know it right away. I think he's cast well as Noah. All right. Like Lame is, I think we know he wasn't but, cast. No, that did he have to it. sing in but Noah? Man, did I think that was going <laughs> to be good? No, he didn't. Well, yeah. oh, wait, why. he did, actually. <laughs> he sang a little uh, song to his girl as she was falling asleep. How did that go? Was that good? It was fine. All right. Well, here's a little something fun that you guys should know when we were talking about Jackie Chan breaking things for movies. I just wanted you to know that Russell Crowe lost his front tooth playing rugby when he was a kid, and he did get a shoulder injury in one of his movies. Can you guess what movie he injured his shoulder? Uh, the Insider. Gladiator? No. That one, with, that one with Meg Ryan. <laughs> no, but that's close. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I got it. I got it. Uh, Cinderella Man. You would think these make sense, right? Because they're violent movies. A good year? Flora Plum with Josie with Jodie Foster. Oh, wow. How do you, what happened? How Fell out of his trailer drunk? I don't know. <laughs> you, when you work with Jodie, she demands 100%, and if you don't give it to her, um, she will kick your she ass. She is a hard bitch. She will yeah. kick your ass. And lastly, Paul, you know me very well. Please tell me, what is my favorite Russell Crowe movie? None of them. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And Lee, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true. People ask me, can you tell me two things about Karen? Yes. And I say, Karen loves the Phoenix Film Festival. I do. And she loves when celebrities sing. I do. So uh, because we are here at the Phoenix Film Festival, and because it is Russell Crowe's birthday, he is going to sing us out on a little something that goes sort of like this.
really him? It's rolling around the bend. A little Folsom Prison. He's kind of whisper singing. He's also just choosing not to do all the notes. It's wonderful. Him and George Burns. It's actually better than I've ever heard him sing. Seriously. It's good. It's, uh, this is from The Tonight Show. He's got The Tonight Show band backing him up. He sounds good. Thank you, Paul. This I is a good one. Jimmy Fallon sings with him. Well, there we go. In a fancy oh, my God. Rather Fallon's playing harmonica. Well, that wraps another movie showcast. An exciting one from an exotic locale, Phoenix. Uh, together, we are the movie guys. Individually, we are. Here Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to all the filmmakers who stopped by our table. Yeah. And I would like to especially thank Stephen Knight and Dee Wallace for giving us some time. Tough to get. Man, the fans swarmed all over Dee Wallace. Oh. Yeah. Well, they love her because she's so funny. That's the other thing. She was really approachable and really funny. Yeah. And not only did she do a Q&A, but she went out and she signed a bunch of stuff for all the fans. So there was a big line and... We got her right before she had to jump in the car and head out, but thanks for stopping by. And, of course, thanks to Justin Bowler for being awesome. Hey, hey Justin great to be here. And thanks, Steve Scholz, for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can always find us at themovieguys.net. And, of course, Jimmy. 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 Mr. Olsen. Thank you. Jimmy, come around here. Let's see. Let's yeah, go ahead and just show. Stick your head in there. Oh, don't take, there you go. Come around. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's Jimmy. Everybody, hey, Jimmy. Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for listening. Uh, look at the stage. It's nakedness. Oh, Jimmy, turn the camera. Turn it just camera. got burlesque. Jimmy, Jimmy, turn the camera. Turn the camera. Do that. I said I hear that lonesome whistle, baby, baby.